0: I'm Maria Menunos and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin.
1: Hey guys, welcome, welcome. It is the Little Fire season one after show. We're looking at episode six tonight. So many crazy, interesting things. It was a full-on flashback episode. We're gonna get right into it, but first let me introduce you to my channel, I'm your moderator, Kate Montgomery. I'm going to introduce Trina Dong first, who's a fan of Reese Witherspoon and has been since election. We yes. talked about election, Oof. yes. The best. That's what yep. we know about it. And then we have Chef Beans with us with the mental cuisine.
2: Hey, what's going on, y'all? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, some old school dances. You you're getting us with the 80s dances. I love you, Chef. come on,
2: come on, come on. Come on. <laughs>
1: And then Monty, who's a fan of since Cruel Intentions, and Carrie, since yep. Save the Last Dance. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was switching about that today.
3: I know. The Save the, Last, uh, Save the Last Dance soundtrack would fit so well with oh, this yeah. show.
1: <laughs> so Agreed. well. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So we're usually, Trina was saying this earlier, we're usually in the 90s with this show. But with today's episode, we get to go into the 80s. We start, I think, in 78, and then we're in 81. So we're like early 80s. Um, and so you can tell some of the music changes. The, the wardrobe's a little different. So it's a full-on flashback. We don't see anybody present day. Everybody is in a flashback. We get a little bit of Mia, Elena. We get some Jamie thrown in, some Bill. Ooh. Um, So we're going to go right into Mia first, because that's who we come into first. Um, (laughs) So we learned that she comes from a pretty religious Mm -hmm. um, West Indian family. Right. Uh, They are, I don't know if they're against her going to the Big Apple, but they're worried a little bit. And we understand that she's from that environment. And she's worried a little bit. You know, she tells her t- her professor early on that she's kind of terrified mm-hmm. of the city. What did you guys think with this opening, you know, this young Mia versus the savvy, self-confident Mia we've been, you know, used to seeing? Monty, what would you think about that? I think it was a nice, you know, like a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, we're going to realize
3: in this episode why Mia is Mia Warren today. Mm. It was such a, a breath of fresh air. I loved Tiffany Boone, who played young Mia. She was so so good, and I think she did a really good job of kind of being that breath, that breath of fresh air at the beginning, and then ending with the
0: Mia that we know.
2: Now.
0: Mm. Yeah. What were you thinking, Trina? First of all, on the Tiffany Boone front, wow. She got facial expressions. She got the way Carrie speaks as the character down. I was confused a couple of times. I was looking down and I thought it was Carrie on screen. I looked up and it was her. Yeah, her voice. And then the voice, that was killing me. So it was really great to see her playing that character because it felt like it was real.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: that mom, man, she's been in other things, and I'm so sorry, I don't know the name of the actor, but she always plays this stoic character that'll scare the pants off of you. So mm-hmm. it was interesting to see that maybe her mom is more of the Elena in her than, you know, to her Mia. So that was very interesting to see how she was raised because she was raised in a different way than she's raising Pearl so mm-hmm. my mind was opened point. that's a good that point point.
1: and a lot of that pushback to Elena could you know probably comes out of that conflict that she feels you know with her mom and how yep. she was raised and you know the, that whole deal what were you what were your thoughts Jeff Beans
2: No, I really like. I think we're all saying the same thing how we saw a younger Mia more innocent uh, as we as revealed a virgin as opposed to this person who just uses sex as her instrument. We see a very innocent part of her in a very in an environment where she's misunderstood. And I feel like that's also why she probably had this curious mind when she got to New York because she grew up in such a very strict household. And a lot of times that's what tends to happen. We see she was faced with a situation to where she had to make a decision, which we see and I'm pretty sure we're gonna get into that, but mm-hmm. I like the, the early stages of Mia. Yeah. Yes, so give, right off.
1: Oh, sorry, go ahead, Monsieur. No, I just wanted to
3: give credit because Trina was like, I can't remember the actress's name. I looked it up, so we give credit where credit is due. Melanie Nicole's King. That is who go. plays Mia's mom. And I agree she's very good at being that. You you believe her. That yeah. Grew up in that household of like, oh, you just give me a look and me a sits up straight. Like that's how my yeah. mom was.
2: My mom yes. didn't have to hit
3: me. She just looked at me. Yeah, and it was
1: enough that I felt like I got hit. You know. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I yes, yeah, she did a great job. She did an <laughs> she did an excellent job. You can tell she did not play. But uh, we'll talk about her parents' reaction. To different situations uh, as we move along a little further and talking about me, I wanted to get into her coming into New York and um, we see Jesse L. Williams finally and find out contextually how he fits into this story. It was a lot less traumatic than I had initially anticipated. Right, Um, likewise. (laughs) Yeah, so I was I was pleasantly surprised. So, Chef, just give us kind of your overall thoughts on the whole surrogacy
2: um issue and how she was approached about it in that whole situation so i do think jess jesse went about it a pretty creepy way <laughs> like, <laughs> following her off the train like I, I i i'm never with that just you know going into spaces where you're not welcome but i like how the author because this there was this is based off a book i like how the author kind of introduced this why mia maybe as protective as she is when it comes to other children. So I kind of like how they kind of gave that essence. But as far as the whole surrogate situation, it's 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 kind of tricky because we see she did it out of need, having to pay for school. But as we find out later, she kind of, you know, ran off on a plug. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted. By I see why she wanted to hold on to her pearl that she created from a young clam
0: yeah i mean i think we were all one <laughs> at the
1: end of episode five when the mom was like that's a baby it's not a, her baby you know we're basically it's not our grandbaby." Mm, right you know we were right, like what right. like how's this gonna work out and blah blah and i know like okay i would never be afraid of jesse williams <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> because God, he's beautiful man. but i will yeah.
1: say I looked up some surrogacy laws in New York. I don't know about the agents, but I know now gestational surrogacy is illegal in New York, which is really interesting because a lot of things go in New York, but not that. Mm. So then it made sense if it was illegal as to why there wasn't an agency involved and why Mm. they approached her the way that they did, because they really had Mm. no other options. I think they did a really good job of just showing how desperate they were. They were so desperate. You could tell they both want a baby really, really badly. And so if there's not an agency that you can go to and go through and you just have to find someone on your own that really would make for very awkward, creepy situations, that then makes sense as to why she's at their house getting inseminated with a turkey baster and not at a clinic, you know? Yeah. Um. So then that, to me, fed into the, like, oh, they're just so desperate. And mm-hmm. Nicole Bahari um, plays the uh, Ryan's wife yeah. um, in the episode. I just felt so, I felt for her so much, because when Mia told her, yes, she would do it, her level of joy, I mean, mm-hmm. she almost just could, you know, you could tell she was just Vibrating when she was waiting for Mia to, to tell her yes or no, you know, she told her mm-hmm. we'll do whatever you want. And Mia was negotiating, Well, 10,000, nope, I'm gonna need 12,000. I can't do less than mm-hmm. 12,000. How fast can you give it to me? And she's like, As fast as you want it. And you know, Jess was more of like, We can work out a payment plan and we can draw up papers. And um, the wise character was like, No, let's do it, whatever you want to do, let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. she was just so anxious. So to I didn't even need to see them again. When she wrote the letter, I was just crestfallen for them. I just felt so bad for them because she wanted a baby so badly. And to get that close, you know, they were so close. Mm. Um, What were your thoughts about the whole surrogacy surrogacy issue, Trina?
0: I wish we could have spent more time on it. Everything rushed through so fast to find out Oh, I don't have tuition. (laughs) Oh, I need $12,000. Let me go get $12,000. Let me get a turkey baster. And we were all like, what the heck just happened? So I just thought it was really fast. Obviously, we had one episode to do this whole thing. But I thought the most traumatic part was that she was a virgin when she went to do this thing. And so a lot of things were happening for her and not just that. So it was very, and not to mention in her normal life with Pauline, it was all very traumatic watching it because you felt for this young girl that didn't have an option to go to her parents because of how she was raised. So I thought it was wild, but it made sense because not much will give you just 12K. But I think we all know that that will freeze, you know, donating your eggs, things like that. We know that that's even still worth you know you can get that Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so you were talking about mia's relationship with her professor so Mm -hmm. she becomes kind of pauline initially sees a spark in her and she becomes kind of like a mentor Mm -hmm. um to mia's character but then a little bit later it gets a little bit gray area ish and sticky yeah. Um, what was kind of your read on that relationship and the complexities uh, of it, Monsi? Yeah,
3: complex for sure, right? Uh, <laughs> you, um, but in a the, in the sense, it's kind of like, you know, we're talking about this very innocent and very inexperienced girl who is alone, who probably has never, you know, fallen in love or been in a relationship. And here she has this, like, mentor who is saying all of this, all these things of support in the field that she has the most passion for being an artist, one person who sees that that's all that she really is like, you know, trying to get to that's why she becomes the surrogate. So Mm. as twisted and complex as it was, I, I understood why Mia felt that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You felt, you felt, you felt for her and i was like i right from the beginning i was like um that's that's gonna be a thing you know i didn't know how it was gonna unravel but i i saw it early on and i was like how can you blame this girl who's completely alone feeling loved by someone and not wanting to return the love
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. did you feel like there was any uh Uh, Trina, did you feel like there was any conflict of interest with the whole power differential since Mia was her professor at the current time and she was taking a class from her, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think she was definitely taking advantage of, especially knowing her health situation later on, thinking about how, you know, she just kind of took her because she was easy to take and easily Mm -hmm. manipulated. I -hmm. also think it's obvious that Mia has some mommy issues that we found out about throughout this just looking for acceptance things like that mommy issues are real as well not just daddy issues so you know and then that's kind of it goes back to the same thing with elena's kids there's a lot of similarities here with how she was raised versus how these kids are raised so yes pauline did manipulate the situation yes mia did fall for it as an adult so you know i don't know what's right and what's wrong
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's really great. Back, back again to those choices of like, you know, what, what were her choices? What are her choices in the situation? Mm -hmm. So we find, um, out her brother comes into town and their relationship is really stable. He
0: seems really, Mm -hmm. you know, they
1: have a really solid relationship. Um, uh, but eventually he passes away. There's an accident and she goes back home. We'll talk about her brother a little later, but um, she goes back home and her parents have no idea that she's a surrogate and it comes time <laughs> <clears throat> to go to the funeral. Chef Beans, were you, how were your feelings surrounding
2: her mom? funeral? Like no matter how I feel about different decisions that you made. And I feel like at that point, as far as, um, this mother, I'm sorry, Muncie, what's her name again? Sorry. So uh, <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm
1: getting it. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> no, Just say his mom. We know who you're to. Yeah,
3: yeah, mom. Yeah. Melanie Nicole's King.
2: Yeah, Melanie did a great job with her facial expressions and her conviction to let you know you've made this decision and this is what you're going to have to live with to the point where even I was taken back. Like I don't, mm. a lot of shows don't really do that to me, but I'm just kind of like that was that was powerful, powerful in the sense where she accurately depicted this character, but also powerful to where her statement was made, and we can even yeah. see in episodes prior that. She doesn't claim Mia as a daughter. That's not my daughter. That's not my granddaughter. I want no- the mother made it very clear that she wants nothing to do with that. So mm-hmm. this episode just bring every- brought everything full circle. Like, so that's what's really going on at home. That's yeah. why mm-hmm. it's this gray area when it comes to Mia's family. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have to say, when it when it panned to her with the dress on, I was like, why she got on that dress? She ain't about to go nowhere.
3: <laughs>
1: like I, knew. I know them mamas.
3: My yeah, mom mama ain't one of them
1: mama, but I know them mamas.
3: Like,
1: yeah. Girl, you ain't going nowhere. No, you you're that to They already said the mama, the, the brother said that the mama was on the Deaconess board. Oh, uh, uh-uh. yeah. Deaconess board is notorious for gossiping. you can't bring that like that to Deaconess board. Like they going to have a field day. It's not yeah. going to be about Warren at all. The whole funeral mm-hmm. is going to be about, did you see Mia and Mia's pregnant. And that yep. is the news. So I knew for sure. I'm like, girl, why did you even put on a dress? No. Yeah. yeah, but wow. it's upsetting still. What were your thoughts, Trina? I see you are done. Trina is done.
0: I just, I, I felt, so the look that the mom gave Mia when she got out of that car and arrived to that house and she was pregnant, just the look up and down and walk away. Turned around. That was way worse than had she gone buck wild on her. I was nervous. (laughs) I she should have turned around and gone to stay somewhere else, and then got to go to her brother's funeral because you knew that she was going to be locked up in that house—a shameful lockup after that point. Yep,
1: that's true. I I forgot about that. How the mom just turns around. She She looks at her and turns around. She don't even say anything. Like Mm -hmm. can she explain? And I was like, "Why didn't she explain before?" Like, but what? Right. You know, it was a, it was well, a crazy. I get, her mom doesn't didn't know, know, right? To chat, like her mom had lost. I mean, she was, she was, she was very distraught on the phone. So, um, okay, so we get that background. We understand that you know uh, Mia then writes the letter uh, and decides to keep the baby, which is just not good news for anybody it's just sad it's just sad (laughs) all the way around I was like oh this is not good this is uh but she felt once again like those were her choices because you know for whatever reason um I felt like uh, her mom said you need to figure out a way on your own to honor your brother. So then she has Pearl and names her Pearl Warren and she takes on the last name Warren do you think that was her way of honoring her brother since her brother also told her you know um He really wanted her to have the baby uh, and said to her, You know, you always want to create something that's, you know, new in the world or that adds to the world. This baby could be it. What were your thoughts about her honoring her brother, Chef?
2: I really like that approach uh, because the brother made it very clear that he's here to support her, but also he noticed that she was shaping it to something that she wasn't. Not saying college or moving away doesn't give you the autonomy to kind of create your own you know, characteristics, but he saw that she had strings on her arms. So he was Mm -hmm. more so telling her, look, be the radical that I know you are and kind of be more of an independent thinker. So unfortunately, her brother passed away, but I thought that that was a great way to honor him because she never really fit into the identity of her original last name. Like she was Mm -hmm. in the household, but she's very similar to Izzy, how Izzy is the outlier. No. So if she's like, okay, how can I detach away from this and kind of create my own lane being that I have to fit for myself? Why not name my daughter after my brother? And we see throughout episodes prior that sometimes she's doing whatever, I'm just saying she's doing whatever she needs to do to make money. Yeah. But mm-hmm. That's how much yeah. she's kind of went on her own lane. Like I'm going to do whatever I got to do. And that's that. So I thought, I thought it was honorable. And she kept the car, which is clearly still with her. Yeah.
1: What, 15 years or how many years? Yeah, yeah. seriously, the same car. It was old when he bought it. I'm like, yeah, right, that's how like you hanging in there, right? So t- <laughs> I thought one thing was interesting because I was re-watching another episode that she sold the painting for thirty thousand. Right? Is that our understanding? Uh huh. Yes. Um. She, well, she gave it to the art dealer who procured it. Procured it for thirty. But when it posted in the New York Times, someone bought it for four hundred thousand. Hmm. That blew my mind. I was going through last episode and it said 400,000. And I was like, wow, that's a lot to be said about, um, especially who's using who. When we talked to the art agent, when Mia talks to the art agent at the end of the um, episode, I mean, well, at the end of kind of her part, um, and she says, well, you know, you knew Pauline, I'm going to always make sure you're taken care of. And I was like, taken right. care of or taking advantage of? It? Especially, you yeah. know, she's in a, a, a bad way and she has to sell this particular piece, which is like her, the big piece. And I was just like, oh, that's dirty. And what a, um, a good example of just like how difficult an artist's life is. You know, that right. she gave up this piece that meant so much and it was so valuable to her, but you know, she got a 10th of what it was really worth once it yeah. actually sold to somebody. Yeah, I thought that was wild. Person. So Well, well yeah, um, she
3: also, she also, we have to remember, she knows of the secret that Mia has. Yeah. yeah so, sure. like, so, like, she has that that on her and, like, Mia's probably, like, yeah, yeah, you're going to make so much more money, but what can I say? Because you can literally destroy me in two seconds. hmm
1: yeah. Well, but if she says, I think you're fine, nobody's chasing after you anymore, whatever, whatever, but like, do we actually really know that to be true? Right? Like, that's the looming cloud
2: is like, right?
1: You know, you know we know don't really know. Yeah.
2: Now that I think about it, all the Jesse flashbacks of him on the train, different things like that, that could just be her subconscious mind messing with her thinking that he's chasing after her. Yeah. Because yeah. he already right. had this like airy but this guy with if life, it was me, me. sorry these you are cutting out a little bit it don't make
1: sense to I, I feel like i would never stop hunting her down
2: because she has my no. baby
0: yeah for real. And it's
1: not like oh you said you were gonna have a baby for me it's somebody else's baby no that is his baby like they made that baby together I'm not yeah. gonna have a baby that's half my baby anywhere in the world, and not spend right. every single day of my life trying to find that baby, period. That is, that is his baby. That is his baby. That's his baby, yeah. So I, his I, baby. so I think she knows that, and that is why she has that in her Paranoid. mind that he's after mm-hmm. her, yeah. because she knows she will be after that person. You know what I mean? Like, like Bibi's fighting for her baby. Like, yeah, she should be worried. Uh, yep. Because if he's not coming in the next couple of episodes, something, something is going down. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe it's less about him. But. So we are so excited to be able to discuss episode seven. It's a, I mean, episode six. It's a wild one. Um, we're thankful for super fans. Chef Beans, you got a message for us?
2: Yes, we want to say thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV and watching our after show. Uh, we're so grateful to have you here. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave us a thumbs up. If you're on iTunes, give us a five star rating. But no matter where you are, leave us a nice, juicy comment. We come here every day, give you all the good stuff. So thanks for tuning in. We got these little parts, but these fires aren't going out anytime soon. We have so much more to go with. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. So let's t- hop right into a lightning because it was very Mia Lightning heavy um so we see elena with three kids she seems really happy she's going back to work she's balancing it all even though the babysitter is shading her (laughs) (laughs) babysitter's like you shouldn't feel guilty because you're going back to work she's like i don't feel guilty i'm out yeah yeah um but we see she's lost a few steps as some women do like you know just being out you get punished that mother uh, motherhood attacks um but she finds out that she's pregnant again much to her chagrin so i think a lot of um what were you guys' thoughts who, who was like? That's why her and Izzy don't get along. What? what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts,
3: Mosey? Yeah, so many things with that. It's like she obviously didn't want or wasn't ready for a fourth child. You know, it seems it showed you how quickly it happened. It's different if maybe it would happen in a couple of years. So you automatically mm-hmm. think how she didn't want Izzy. She did it because I think her mother made her feel a little forced. I thought it was very unfair for her to say. Why, she said something like, let women be women. Oh man, I got so mad when she said that. I was like, what do you mean by let women be women? Did you stay at home and be a mom? So, so wrong. And and poor, you know, Elena, to have to hear that at that age when you're just like, mom, I've got three kids. You're over here telling me because I got money. I gotta do another one. I This isn't what I want. Like, it was such yeah. a terrible moment for her. And it, it makes you think, well, it, Izzy was not really wanted. She comes out, and maybe that resentment is there from both of them. Like you, you know, you're a mom, and if you're carrying a baby, you don't want. Maybe that baby feels it. You know, like you're all connected. So if you're feeling bad, like maybe the baby feels bad. It's, I don't know. I'm not a mom because I, I would not be a good mom because I'm so selfish. So I, like,
1: I don't know. I can <laughs> not <know. I can't laughs> well, I'm a good mom, and let me tell you, let me
2: tell you, and lie to
1: me, because uh, I, 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 I don't know. No, I thought it was really interesting because I was talking with a friend of mine, um, and she well, she does. She's not a mom, but she works with kids. She's been a teacher for a lot of years, and she said, "You know, Izzy was a difficult baby." And I said, "I don't think a lot of people catch that because she's constantly crying. She has to have like um, I don't know if you guys are familiar familiar with colic." which is like a stomach Mm -hmm. upset a lot of babies have when they're really little. That makes them cry a ton. And it's like, there's no cure for it. And you, you, the kid just has to cry it out. Like, luckily I never had a baby with colic, but I did have a baby with acid reflux that cried a lot and broke a lot. And I think that, um, well, I know for a fact when babies have colic, they just have a hard time bonding with the parent. The Mm -hmm. parent has a hard time bonding with them and they have a hard time bonding with the parent. So right off the bat, I was like, oh, no, she has a colicky baby. And already, you know, her misgivings about the pregnancy, like this is going to be a really tough one. So I could see how it kind of spills over into their, you know, basically their relationship. So Bill's really excited. Hey, listen, Bill, <laughs> Bill says just like three, honey, you could do it. Quit the little job, you got. You don't need that
2: little right, job. Right, that, that little job.
1: Quit that little thing. Quit that little thing on the side. And even say, did you have this fourth baby to trick me into getting the house at your home? Oh, mom boy. Wanted? Yeah. What was your uh, thoughts on Bill's uh, reaction, Trina?
0: Uh, it's just so obvious. He's at work all day. It's He doesn't need to do anything. So for him, it's another thing that he gets to play with when he comes home from work, when she's still taking care of the baby. Although, you know, I don't know why someone that has so much control like Elena didn't think about the birth control aspect of it prior to Mm -hmm. when there was space and time to maybe get pregnant. That confused me that that even happened. But yeah, Bill is along for the ride. He was really nice, which I'm sure we'll get into. But when she came home after her explosion, he was very nice and understanding, oh, I'm glad you took a minute because I think. You know, he had that 12 hours or whatever it was to be her Mm -hmm. yeah, and to see what that's like to be the only one that's paying attention to these little humans that they're supposed to take care of. Yes. And you know what I thought was funny
1: when she left to go get a pacifier, uh, she comes back and the babysitter's there. So that makes you know Bill could not do it on his own. He had to call the babysitter like, come over here with these kids. You know, I thought that was so funny when she comes back and the babysitter is there. So um they get to talking. It's, and I thought it was really interesting that they were hanging out with Linda and them that long ago. And Linda really, right? It put things in a perspective though, because Linda's been trying to have a baby since, Elena, since before yeah she had Izzy, which is just, was another, heartbreaking thing that really just puts that all into perspective for you. So um, her mom tells her, basically, you don't have any choices, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. Um, People like us, she said, don't don't do that. People like, well, we stood and we, you know, campaigned for abortion rights or whatever. And she said, yes, we did for other people, but people like us don't do that. Thought it was really interesting at the dinner with Linda when she said, people like us don't need those kind of home loans. So there's something yeah. that people like us, there's a there's a rules that people like us do and people like us don't. Um, were you guys surprised to find out that her mom was, you know, fighting for abortion rights, but then at the same time was saying to her, like, you don't, essentially, you don't have a choice. What were your thoughts about that, Chef? Um,
2: about the mom's thoughts about, reaction. My thoughts about that, uh, I think this speaks to what we were speaking about after shows prior about this whole privilege narrative, like, cause her mother also spoke about resources that we have basically like, it's people who, uh, I can't think of the exact terminology right now off back, but even when I think about like Planned Parenthood, I don't want to get too deep into a body, like population control, especially where they're located in certain, you know, marginalized areas, that's a whole nother conversation. But when it comes to like her mother and the, the way that she used it, it's more so like that option like, like they come from like royalty to so I know like, so <laughs> like yeah. our, 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 our blood is pure like what we don't we don't do things like that Like we need to have as many as possible You're a woman and we're going to like multiply so I thought about it from a nepotism point of view but also from like I said the overarching thing was the privilege aspect like We're 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 well off. We're we're better than good. That's where the lower Mm-hmm. Bottom feeding barrel of this economy type thing. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And so interesting that she wants to tell her, like, how important motherhood is. But you drunk half of the day. You can't even watch <laughs> your own grandkids. You know, like, that one keep crying. He cried himself to sleep. This one doing that. Like, you're not some bastion of motherhood. Like, you're a terrible mother. I can tell because you're a terrible grandmother getting drunk and can't even watch your own grandkids. So yeah. how you gonna tell somebody, I was just like, oh my goodness, let's, poor Elena. I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't often feel bad for Elena, but I felt bad for Elena in that moment. And I, was kind of <laughs> gonna say, I wasn't I was wanting her to get an abortion. I was just wanting someone to listen to her. Yeah. Like, right. it just felt like nobody is listening to her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she hits up your boy Jamie, Mossy, your boy Jamie. <laughs> Woo! Yeah.
2: Uh, your
1: boy Jamie driving. How many hours you guys? 6 hours. 6.
3: 6 6.
1: 6.
3: six. On a All Friday right. night. So Mossy, what
1: were, what were your thoughts <gasps> when, when with the whole Jamie situation at the bar, <laughs> at the hotel? You know,
3: uh I, I again, I was very excited to see him obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's a good it was a perfect it was perfect for us to see what had happened because in the last episode we were so confused it was like why he was so angry why he turned in the split moment and like why he demanded essentially an apology from her we were all wondering like what it could have been did i expect that to be the situation kind of it's just that when she said you're taking advantage of me i was like no he's not what What are you no 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 let me tell you what poppy is not doing he's not doing that you guys were like enjoying your night together collectively collectively you decided to do this and to say that to him that's where she lost me because I was feeling for her. I was like, man, I felt so bad for just like you said, nobody was listening to her. And that's really what it is. You just wanted her to be able to say these things out loud and let her decide for herself what what the next step was. And so she, you know, spiraled out of control like many of us do when we're trying to hold on so tightly to something and it doesn't work out, you know? So I I thought it was a great scene and I thought it gave us so much more understanding Mm -hmm. of Elena and
1: what happened with Jamie. Yeah, just her inability to take any kind of responsibility is so interesting. When she says to him, Mm -hmm. I called you because I needed a friend. Yeah, sounded so much like Lexi to me. Yeah, remember when when Lexi had the abortion and I couldn't call anybody else. Mm-hmm. That same idea that Chef you talked about. You you know you did have people. You just didn't want certain people to know. You know that that right. whole um, idea. But so that was really interesting. Like Jamie isn't driving six hours to be your friend. You know that. No, like, right. you making out with him in a hotel room. You know that. So that was that was, that was kind of disappointed, disappointing. Why she couldn't just say to him, I'm sorry, I used you like this. Like, I realized, she eventually says, I don't know what I needed, but it wasn't this. That's a great statement. But before mm-hmm. that, to take zero responsibility,
0: I mean, yeah. How did you feel about that whole situation, Trina? Well, I at least, I'm glad we understand why. Glad that we know that he knows that he is not probably in the cleanest relationship that there ever was much like what she tries to disguise it as. So I was glad that we at least got that bit out of it. And I feel bad for Jamie. It's like things keep happening to him with this person. He keeps letting them, but still he knows what he's getting and may, you know, thinking the, Oh, maybe she's changed. Maybe it'll be time really sad (laughs) to watch Jamie go through that because he's just chilling, trying to be successful. And then she creeps back in. And I think we all have situations that we've been through like that with friends or boyfriends, girlfriends or otherwise. And it's the worst. So I feel bad for Jamie. So Jamie, oh, go
2: ahead. No, oh, sorry. So I was gonna say, I also think that this was really full circle from the first time we met Jamie when Elena was trying to go back to the hotel. He was like, what do you want? And he kind of like sent her off her way. Because you're not going to do this to me again. No. So I, I thought that that was very telling. Like, oh, he's been down these ropes before. He's not be for her games anymore. Yeah. yeah, when he said you're sad, you know,
1: you're still a sad person with a sad little life. I was like, oh, he's <laughs> like, that like, mm, hit the nail on the head. So Jamie still loves her. That's what I think is most sad about it. Is she's kind of pulling at his heartstrings. Um, yeah. But there's a, a point where Jamie says, um. You know, I want to be with you. I still love you. I think you still love me. And, you know, I want to be with you. And let's just let's just do it. Let's just be together. Were you guys' the impression that Jamie was saying, let's be together as in leave your husband? Or was he meaning, let's be together as in leave your entire family? Or is Jamie trying to come into the situation with these four screaming kids when he <laughs> wanted to be a foreign correspondent? Like, Jamie, you not about that life? Uh... What were your Were you thinking like, what was he (laughs)
0: meaning? He was just trying, he was, he's, he's desperate for her. And so Mm -hmm. he's just reaching and saying, you leaving? You going to come with me now? And he has no idea what (laughs) would come with that. Like that comes with leaving her husband, having four kids, all of these things. But he's not thinking about all of the stuff that will come along with it. He just wants her and he sees her as whatever he saw in Paris. Mm, that's a good point.
1: He remembers her for the person that she used to be. He remembers yeah. her in Paris. Yeah. Exactly. So
0: um
1: we also meet, we we learn a little background on Bill. Bill is at the table when they're with the with the friends, Linda and those guys. He says, you know, um, when they're talking about the house, I would have to leave the PD. And I was like, <laughs> public defense attorney? Yeah. Bill? Bill yeah. as a public defender my mind was blown and she was like well you can get a you know a partner track at a major firm and I was like wait a minute like did she change Bill's whole personality like he's such a partner track dude now I mean he yeah. laughs in, in Mia's face when she says can you do
0: pro bono work it's
1: like no nobody I don't do program work so like Changed what him.
0: happened yes what happened Trina
1: what do you think
0: <laughs> i i have no faith in bill being himself ever so maybe maybe it's monsie what do you think because he's never gonna do anything for himself and it started when he was what whenever he met her like 20 years old or whatever that was 22
3: yeah i think honestly having the fourth kid i think he was like i gotta make her happy and that means moving to this Mm -hmm. house and having to get another job like but i agree we we're seeing early on that bill doesn't have much of a backbone and that he's kind of gonna do whatever elena wants and like if elena wants to go to new york she's gonna go and it's just like got it it's been like this since the beginning
1: exactly. got it yeah well bill said he calls it sometimes sometimes I just think oh he's such a bad husband you know he's a sympathetic character but then at other times you're like how do you not know she doesn't want this baby I don't know like I, I just I don't know where to where I sit with Bill. I don't know guys um but Trita I thought it was really interesting when we finally get kind of to meet Jamie and suss him out a little bit more and compare him with Bill. Um, It's really interesting because you were saying, I think she would be with, you know, like a a captain of the football team, you know, type of guy, a guy that would be, you know, doing all the stuff, which is the kind of guy that Jamie seems like. And I think you were right. Right. And I think she thinks that, too, that she essentially chose the wrong guy.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So props out to you, Trina, for figuring (laughs) it
0: out. (laughs) I didn't want to be right. I want Bill to be happy. I want, him to be you want Bill to be happy. I love but you. But he changed. So, so Trina, you have our
1: special segment today?
0: Yes, I sure do. OK, guys, so we I'm excited about this one. I don't know why. Probably because we're in a different decade. We've been spending so much time in the 90s that we all love the 90s, but we also love the 80s. And I want to know, so the ending song left with a 90s song. Mm -hmm. I want to know if you guys were making the soundtrack to this show, what would your 80s cover song have been? I will go first and I'll throw one out there and give you guys some time to think. I would have done Pressure by David Bowie. Yeah. Because that's what that whole car scene, that's what that felt like and forever running away from jesse williams doing all that it just felt mia's that's all she's ever under is pressure so i would have gone with that one what do you think what's yours i would (laughs) have ended it
3: i I was thinking about this i was like you know and this i'm I'm thinking of this on the fly i think this is 80s not 90s but bon jovi living on a prayer at the end because we see her, I agree, like that whole end of the car scene is really tough, and I agree, super under pressure. But we do get a quick glimpse of Kerry Washington, Mia now, smiling, looking back, like, you know, you living on a prayer, but hopeful. Man. There we go. Yeah, so I, I would have loved to end with something
0: like that. Literally living on a prayer. That's what those two were doing
2: mm, for literally. the
0: rest of their lives. What about you, Chef Beans?
2: Uh-huh. Um, I hope this is 80s but this is the song that just popped up on my head it kind of makes sense I was gonna say a Michael Jackson thriller because I'm thinking about oh, uh, yeah. the music video at the end when his arm was around her and then he turned yeah. around like, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like at the end of it that was her to like the life she used to knew like Used to know like her eyes are now yellow. I'm just different, me and now. So yep. bring on the zombies, bring on whatever, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So that's why I would I would go with Thriller.
0: That's a good one. Kay, yeah. what do you got?
1: Oh man, I don't know. I'm so bad with music, you guys.
0: Uh, that's okay, especially '80s. Um, uh, or even I, just a vibe, like a vibe yeah. or a type of song that you think would have fit. This whole episode instead of what played, which was uh, I feel like Monty got it
1: with living on a prayer, like for yeah.
0: real. Especially for in real. reference
1: to Mia's like a religious background and yeah. then just like throwing caution to the wind because she really had nothing. Mm-hmm. nothing. She had nothing. Like, yeah. and then you know she was just praying every night not to get <laughs> up. Still to this day, she's exactly. like, right. Her that's still her insane. Thing I mean, I just don't even know how she's going day to day, not only living the lie, but also constantly looking over her shoulder. It's just insane right. that she's able to manage any of that.
0: It's on that prayer, yeah.
1: girl. That's what she's doing. Yeah. That's what well, that makes so much sense as to why she's so flat effect and stoic. Exactly. She can't emotionally yeah. invest and she can't, you know, connect with people because she's mm-hmm. constantly doing all of that. Um, so mostly you have some news for us. Yes, you know, we've been talking
3: about how great this young Mia and young Elena are. Uh, we said Tiffany Boone plays young Mia and Anna Sophia Robb plays young Elena. Now, I couldn't put my finger on who that actress was. Y'all, she's the little girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp.
0: That's that little girl. Anna Sophia Robb, right? Wow. Yes. She's also yes. the girl that played. Um, the surfer that got her arm bit off yes
1: oh i didn't realize that yeah
0: Yeah.
3: so she smashed
2: this episode she smashed
3: it i agree i totally agree both of them smashed it now both of them had to do a lot of work in fact tiffany boone says i actually didn't know what i signed up for and at first (laughs) i was like oh man no i don't want (laughs) to do this i don't i don't want to have to replicate this as a young version So she said she was very nervous, but that Kerry Washington was super awesome. Both actresses were able to shadow them as they did scenes. Tiffany Boone says she would watch everything Kerry Washington did, her Mm -hmm. mannerisms, how she tilted her head, and that she would go home and practice it for one or two hours every day after she saw her on set. Carrie Washington was also on set almost every day, even when she wasn't filming as a producer. So Tiffany said anytime she had questions, she was there. She felt very comfortable. And it was really thanks to her. They talked a lot to develop this character. And she told her that she needed to look at the world as an artist. She's like, not as an actor, as an artist. Yeah. So she's like, she kind of started to see it differently. Now for Elena's character, um, she also was able to shadow her and stuff, but she actually listened to Reese Witherspoon's, I, her book is called Whiskey in a Teacup. Let me double check that. Yes, Whiskey in yeah. a Teacup. So she listened to Reese's book so that she could get her inflation, her dialect and how she spoke. And then she went to audition for the role. So if you oh. were thinking she sounds just like Reese, yes that's what she devoted a lot of time to is listening to her and trying to sound like her
1: which is crazy oh, that was awesome that was awesome so they both just did a great job oh so here's a tidbit do you guys know pauline the professor actually was the first black disney princess she voiced, voiced princess tiana
0: oh really mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah wow. anika noni
1: rose Awesome. Well, whew, it was the episode with so
0: much. Let's go through predictions. We'll start with you, Trina. <laughs> episode seven. I have no idea <laughs> what's going to happen. I hope that the kids, I hope that we start holding the kids accountable for stuff. I hope Lexi is held accountable for the things she does because last time we saw her, she's putting on mascara in the car going back to school. I just hope We get a little more of the kids before the season ends. But do I know what's
2: going to happen? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Beans? Uh, I I agree with Trina, but I also want to see if Jesse's going to come back in the picture because he is the father. We see Mia's on these big magazine covers and things like that, newspaper covers. So I want to see how that turns out because you said something very telling earlier. He is the father. Yeah. That's his child too. Pearl is his child. Like,
1: is he gonna do go that? Yeah. Who knows? What about you, Monsi? Man, girl, I don't know. This is just crazy. <laughs>
3: but I'm gonna stick with, I still think that we're gonna see an altercation between the Richardson brothers. I think we're we are gonna see that. And I mm-hmm. really I have a feeling that Bill has never talked to Elena about what he knows. Like, I know we saw the, the receipt with the number and we saw him fight her going to New York. What if he's never addressed it and she has no idea that he kind of knows? Whoa. So that I predict be, oof, yes. a conversation <laughs> where he's like, let me
1: tell you what I know. Huh? And she's a lady, but she's going to be like, Ann, she's going to be like, Ann, you know, so <laughs> what <with> Bill? <laughs> Are she we done? going to cry for Bill again. <laughs> Uh, so I predict that I'm with Chef that I, I think that um, she's going to raise her her profile inadvertently by getting involved with BB's case. And then when you guys think of, in, in last episode, um, um Elena saw that portrait of Mia in the hotel. She mm. saw that portrait of Mia in the hotel she was in. So like I was like, who bought it and why is it in the hotel like when this person has spent four hundred thousand dollars for it we remember the Ryans got money remember look at their mm-hmm. house they are loaded they are doing everything they can to find that baby and once Mia's profile heightens they're going to see her somewhere they know that's her in the picture they're going to track her down and they are going to find her and they are going to fight for Pearl. and it's going to divide Everybody, <laughs> everybody around, just like B.B. Divided, everybody that's gonna divide everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my prediction. Man, I cannot wait for next episode. I am so excited. This is such a great show. I know all my hosts feel the exact same way, guys. When it drops, we're texting each other. We're trying to save our conversations because we want to talk about it. It is so good. Make sure you <laughs> comment down below. You guys have been doing great with that. we love to read your comments. Thanks so much for joining us. Where can our super fans find you, Trina,
0: on social media? Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyTrinaDong. Awesome. What about you, Chef?
2: You can find me on all social media platforms at Chef underscore Beans. That's what it is. Awesome. What
1: about you, Monse? Or
3: right, across social media at Monse Bolanos, M-O-N-S-E-B-O-L-A-N-O-S.
1: Awesome. And you can find me, Kay Montgomery, at host K-H-O-S-T-K-A-Y on Twitter and Instagram. We will see you next time on the Little Fires Everywhere After Show. Thanks for joining us, guys.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV.